my friends, and welcome to worship at Carmen United Church for August 9th of 2020. I am the pastor here of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so glad that you are joining us for worship this day. Before we begin, I just want to let you know, in light of the council meeting we had a week and a half ago, that we are preparing the summary letters of our reopening plan to go out to your households, and we will follow up with a phone call after you have had a chance to read over the letters, just to get an idea of how you feel and where you are personally and with the idea of returning back to church. If you'd like to see the document, the two-page summary, or the 12-page full reopening plan, you can do so on our website, carmenunited.ca. Click on the COVID-19 information button, and it'll take you to a place where you can view those documents. If you have any questions, feel free to give myself or anyone on the council a call. We'd be happy to talk with you whenever you want to talk. Let's just take a moment now to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Holy God, you are the author and creator of all things. We thank you that you are still working, still creating, and most of all, still loving that which you have created which includes us as as your children. God, as we worship you today, may our hearts be receptive to the fullness of your love that you offer us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we are continuing to look at the meaning and purpose of Sabbath. Today we read early on in the book of Genesis, God has just spent six days creating the universe, the earth, and everything in it. And then we're picking up uh, today at Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a promise that He gives us. 
Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. God rested. Think about this for a moment. God rested. Have you ever really stopped to think about what this means? That for God to rest? I confess I haven't really thought about it a whole lot lately either. But what an example when we think about it. What an example it sets for the rest of us, don't you think? Let's recap what God has been up to before his day of rest. On the first day of creation, God formed the heavens and the earth. In other words, he built the foundation upon which everything was created. He built the basis of the universe. And then he created day and night by making light. On the second day, he separated the earth from the sky. The next day, he created the seas and the land. And and then he filled that land with all kinds of vegetation. The next day, God turned on the sun, the moon, and the stars and gave them watch over the day and the night. The next day, God created uh, the, the creatures of the sea and the birds of the air, all of them. And then on the sixth day, God created the creatures of the land, that is, wild animals, livestock, and human beings. And then we read today that on the seventh day, God rested. And I like to think he simply watched the beauty of all that he created. I like video games. I don't play a lot of different kinds. I kind of have my favorite genres. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the shooting them up kind of games. I like sports games, particularly basketball. I like racing games. Uh, I also like simulation games, what they call. There's a particular simulation game that I'm playing right now called City Skylines. And what you do is you build cities. You get to choose uh, where all the roads go. You get to build neighborhoods and determine which streets will be housing, which streets will be commercial properties, what streets will be industrial. You get to choose what kind of industries there are, you, you decide how many schools they need, how many hospitals, how many police stations, how many fire stations. You get to build the industries. And as you manage all of these, you adjust how much water they need, how much power they need, and all those other amenities of, the, of life that we enjoy. And you do all this in, in hopes that your city will grow and, and prosper I like creating different kinds of cities. I like trying new maps and new layouts and and so on. But there's always something that goes wrong. And it's almost always related to traffic. I'll build something and I don't think ahead to how much traffic is going to need to use particular roadway and I'll realize later on that something doesn't look quite right and I'll look and see that I've got a couple miles of traffic backed up on the highway. I hadn't planned for the traffic. I hadn't planned the roads properly, the infrastructure. 
So I need to examine the different types of traffic patterns, examine where people are going, and then I need to get out a bulldozer and rip up all those roads and intersections and re-engineer them, put them down again. Some, I have to build something that's uh, able to handle the kind of loads that are trying to go through there. The funny thing is, <clears throat> what might work in a different part of the city might not work here because of different industries and different roads and different uh, paths the, the citizens are taking through the city. So I've learned that I, what I've uh, applied in another part of the city may need to be adjusted to work in this area or maybe I need to do something completely different to try to fix the problem I'm seeing over here. And then when I get it all sorted out, I sit back and I watch to see how it works. And I'll wait until the next issue arises and have to solve another problem. Unless, of course, a tornado rips through and wrecks everything I've just built, which has happened. I realize I'm just playing a video game, but it can still be somewhat hard on the head to efficiently and build and design and implement a, situa a city or a universe. Or so I get it. I get that after God built the entire universe and everything in it, put it into motion, he needed time to rest. When we read through these passages of creation, there's often something we miss. We focus so much on what God created and, and how and, and when and how God called it all good that we often miss another aspect that comes up a few times through the creation account. Genesis 1, it comes up twice, and it came up today in our reading from Genesis 2. You may have missed it. I, I know I missed it at first glance. I picked it up later. So let me read it to you again, Genesis 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So did you see it this time? It says, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. God blessed it. God made it holy. God blesses two other times through the creation account in Genesis 1. So what are those? Well, the first time was on the fifth day. And God says, or the Bible says, so God created the creatures of the sea and every living thing which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them. The next time it happens is on the sixth day where it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. Being a parent can be exhausting. Your children, particularly when they're very small, they practically take up every moment of your waking time. You feed them, you clean them, 
you change them, you entertain them, you, you play with them. And when you put them to bed, it's all about cleaning up so for, for when they wake up again. But then at some point in those early years, they learn to play by themselves, to entertain themselves. I remember walking through the house thinking, wow, that bedroom is far too quiet. What's going on in there? And I'll peek in the doorway and I'll see that they're playing by themselves, entertaining themselves. And when I see that, what do I do? I just stop and watch for a while. As simple as this sounds, it is somewhat of a proud parenting moment, is it not? Then there are those other events that happen along life's way. Sending them off to elementary school for the first time. They seem so small, don't they? To be going off to school. Then there's off to middle school or junior high where there's still that mix of independence but also that reliance on us to do certain things for them. Then it's off to high school where they're even more independent and less reliant on us, but there's other stresses that come along. There's other activities that keep us busy. Then finally, they leave home. They're off to university or college or the workforce or to start their own family. Each of these moments is a proud parenting moment as they hit those various milestones of life. As parents, we pretty much have no choice but to stand back and watch and be proud. Proud of their accomplishments. Proud of how they're working their way through life. And then in those moments, we'll even take a time to step back and relax from that stage that they've just gone through. Before, we have to take on the challenges of the next stage that is coming. Do we ever stop worrying about our children, no matter how old they are? Not really, do we? Because we love them. In a way, when we look at God resting on the seventh day, to stop and take a look and watch all that he has created, all that he has blessed, and I think, in a way, he's looking and saying, I love watching you grow up. I love watching you be you. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, starting in verse 9, Jesus says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Remember, if you will, something we touched on last week when we looked at Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus invites us to come to him for rest. Rest for our souls. In John 15, Jesus is still offering us that same invitation He's inviting us to abide in his love. That is, to trust him, to learn from him, and to find rest in him and in God. 
we are created in the image of God. And if God rests, then we have this, this desire, we have this longing to rest as well, to rest in Him. That's the invitation, to come and rest in God. In fact, last week we even looked at how God commanded us to rest. And now we know that this day of rest, this Sabbath, is a blessed day. It is a holy day. It is not just a day off. God blessed the holy Sabbath. God also blessed all the creatures of his creation, including us as humans. Part of this blessing is to take the opportunity to abide, to rest in God's love and to receive the blessings that he wishes to offer us, to receive the joy that God offers. Jesus is offering us this joy and he says that by God's love, by his blessings, our joy will be full. To abide in God means to trust in God and to let his spirit live within us. Jesus says if we follow his commandments, then we will abide in his love. Back when we were allowed to do services at Harborview before the whole pandemic thing came along, there was a fellow that was regularly there. And any time he heard me talk about abiding in God's love, or we would sing, abide in me, he would put his hand up and say, abide means God lives in us. I didn't know what it meant, so I looked it up. He was so excited. He knows the joy of God in his life. And he knows God lives in him because he abides in God. And he is excited by it. Resting in God, abiding in his love, letting his Holy Spirit speak his love into our lives. That is the purpose of Sabbath rest. It's not about being busy. It's not about checking things off our to-do list. The Sabbath is holy. The Sabbath is blessed. The Sabbath is God's day. And God is inviting us to join him in his blessed, holy day of rest. Some of my favorite moments with my family come when we are at the family cottage sitting on the deck we may not be saying a whole lot to another. We are fairly introverted. We might be playing cards or we might be playing a board game. We might be just sitting around reading or watching the ducks go by. There's nothing profound about our time together, but we're together. We're together in this moment, enjoying one another's company. Maybe as part of this time, we're, we're sharing stories or we're talking about our plans for tomorrow, or maybe we're sharing our hopes and our dreams for the future. That's the kind of Sabbath God wants us to have with him. He wants us to relax in his presence. He wants us to share our hopes, our dreams, and he wants us to listen to his hopes and his dreams for us. We are to build our relationships simply by enjoying the company of one another 
us and God. The blessed, holy Sabbath. What an opportunity to grow with God, to be with God, to share our hopes, to share our dreams, and to hear what God, what God sees as hopes and dreams for us, for our church, for our community, for our world, to be just as he created it. When we are open to receiving God's love in our lives, our joy will be complete, Jesus tells us. And we will abide with our Father who is in heaven, Jesus tells us. And we can receive these promises of Jesus in our lives today. May we know the Holy Sabbath and may it be a part of our lives now and forevermore. Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Holy God, you created rest. You blessed it. You gave it to us as a gift, a gift which allows us to connect ourselves to you, your heart, your purpose, which leads to our joy, the joy in our heart, and also leads to our understanding of our purpose while we, why we are here. We thank you, O oh God, for the gift of life you have given us. We thank you for the beauty of the world that is around us, we thank you for family and for friends. We thank you for rest. Lord, we pray today for those who are in need of your presence in their lives, whether they know it or not. We pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones. We pray for those who are sick or waiting for tests or surgery. We pray for those who are lost and cannot find their way, their way in life. We pray for those who do not know how to find rest. And Lord, we also come to pray for the tragedies that are in our world. We think especially today of the people in Beirut, Lebanon. Lord, may you bring healing to that city. May you bring healing to that land. May you comfort those who have lost loved ones, who have lost businesses, who have lost homes. Lord, may you heal those who have been injured. Lord, may you help rebuild that city and give them the peace of heart that only you can offer in these difficult, difficult days of mourning. Lord, we pray too for those who are impacted by COVID-19. Lord, we pray for those whose lives have been uh, impacted personally, whether through sickness. Or, Lord, we pray for the many who have died and their families. Lord, we pray for the businesses that, that struggle to stay open or have even closed. Lord, we pray for these things, but <clears throat> we also pray that through this pandemic that we will trust you more, that we will listen to your direction on how to rebuild our society, our businesses, rebuild our ways of life so that we can find rest when we need it but we can also find other ways in which to lift one another up, to hold one another so that we can create a just and safe society for all people. Lord, we cannot do this without clear steps, clear direction from you that we need to take. Lord, we pray that you will lead us, that, you will, that we will trust you, that you will lead our governments, that you will lead our businesses, 
that people will be moved to do this work by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know it may take a miracle. It will take a miracle. But you are the God of creation. There is nothing that is too big for you. So Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven as we pray oh so often. Lord, we lift all these things to you and so many others, the prayers of our hearts and our lives. We lift them up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.